0: The Die Hard Eagles Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by BetQL. BeckQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter, better. Plus, the Super Bowl get Special gives you 50% off their premium data. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP50. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP50. We're also brought to you by better than Vegas. Better than Vegas is the home for avid sports betters, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks better than Vegas. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure you subscribe to our page. So you don't miss a pick. sports gambling podcast.com slash BTV sports gambling podcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by better edge. Better edge is a stock. Exchange for sports bets allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R, edge.com, promo code S G P. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, second the money green, with my fellow diehards, Robbie and Justin. Lot to get to in this press conference podcast. That's right we're we're dedicating the uh, podcast mostly to Nick Sirianni's press conference. A uh, inauspicious debut in the city of Philadelphia. He was stumbling. He was stammering. And once again, we were trending on a social media and the internet for looking like a inept franchise. Or is it a little too much overreaction? And Nick Sirianni, maybe a decent head coach, and and shouldn't we shouldn't be judging off that one press conference alone? I, I've heard him on uh, a couple of radio shows. He sounded better but I, I I'll be honest, not a great first impression uh, impression as far as him in the media and certainly there is some irony of me stammering while bringing up the subject So I, I think he I think he's kind of figured it out a little bit but uh, we'll see and I, I'll wait really until week one but Justin, where are you at with the Nick Seriani press conference?
1: I mean yeah it was a little concerning at first and then I kind of sat back and thought about it and I mean the, the coaches we have nowadays are part coach and their car politician part uh politician and i mean you got to look back and you got to think about him and if he's truly a good coach what does it matter if he's stammering and stumbling across with his words now i would agree he he should have been better prepared um i actually went golfing the next day and first thing my buddy says to me is whoa what about Sirianni?" and i, I, I know him, it's so annoying I mean- cuz
0: the last time we were in the news it was oh
1: tanky you guys look like complete shit what are you doing it's it's really getting old But I mean, he's, if he's a football mind, which is what it sounds like um, what's coming out of his mouth to us and the media doesn't matter nearly as much as what he's, how he's talking to his players and motivating them. And if you listen to Lori before the press conference, talk about him, the, the key thing that stuck out to me is he was talking about culture, when he was talking about Sirianni and how he's able to build a culture and through that culture, he's able to motivate and then teach. And get guys inspired. So if he's able to do that, that's all that really matters. In my Culture
0: beats scheme, like the great uh, Chip Kelly once said. Justin, you said us and media as if they're separate entities. We are the media. We are the Eagles fan media. Robbie, I know you sent the link of him on uh, Cataldi, I, th- I think it was, and uh, you know Cataldi kind of gave him a, a soft landing there, and hopefully evened out uh, his his first impression. But listening to that still, I'm just like, ah, I don't know. Again, I'm gonna wait till he's actually coaching out on the field. But Rob, where are you at with Sirianni and his
2: early media appearances? Yeah, I think this is such a non-story. It is a. (laughs) It it makes no difference. Does not matter. The fact that everything's worked up on it is is just ridiculous. Look, was it the best press conference I've ever heard? No. (laughs) But look, in the guy's defense, he's standing there in an empty room talking to no one through Zoom. It's awkward to begin with. And then I'm sure he was nervous. It's his first head coaching gig. It's, you know, did he, did he stumble a few times? Yes. Quite honestly. So did Jeffrey Lurie listening to his introduction <laughs> and, you know, given the fact that they waited a week for this press conference, you know, I, I guess you would have expected them to be more polished. but at the end of the day, who cares, who cares what was said? You know he's not going to commit to anything in the press conference. It's way too early. I know people.
0: People uh, were, uh, uh, you know, giving him stuff like, "I wish he had more answers on the quarterback." Like no uh, one, no one has answers on the quarterback. That would, I mean, that would piss me off if he just comes out and says Jalen Hurts is the starter. Or you know, like what do they expect
2: him to say? No, exactly. And I go back to what Justin said. Look, I want a guy that it's a good coach and that is a good coach, not only with relating to the players, but I want a guy that is good with X's and O's. I want someone that can break down, expose weakness and maximize our players. And from everything I'm reading about him, he has some strengths in those areas. It's, it obviously is a lot to prove, uh, but that's what matters. And I've watched all his other videos. I watched him with Dave Spadaro. Uh, you know, I know that's an Eagles thing, but, and then I heard him on Cataldi and some other interviews. and. I think he sounded fine. So I'm going to chalk it up. He was a little nervous. Uh, it's absolutely no big deal. He's got my vote of confidence going in.
0: Yeah, I'm still hanging in that area of you know, cautiously optimistic until something, some, some sort of disaster happens. Is there a potential silver lining in this at all, Robbie? We saw some of his players standing up for him. Maybe he becomes a sympathetic figure. Is there any sort of positive you've taken from these early uh, press showings from Sirianni?
2: No. I, look, I don't think it's a positive and I don't think it's a negative. Yeah. It, it, it is what it is. It's an introductory press conference. You know, I was happy to see a former player stood up for him. That means they liked him. But, you know, I'm not looking for a coach that's trying to get sympathy points, uh, you know, from <laughs> his players as a True. first step. So, uh, it's nothing it's inconsequential it means nothing what matters is what he's going to do from here and evaluating the talent and assembling his coaching staff which we'll discuss and and uh you know winning us some games yeah i mean i'm Definitely
0: leaning in that area, Justin. Do you have any sort of change of heart at all with the Sirianni hire through these past couple of weeks? I mean, it's. it's a li- I'll be honest. A little bit of doubt crept in listening to some of his explanations and and him trying to. I don't know, just trying to explain himself. Uh, I do like the uh, you know simple talent takeover angle he was pitching, but are you? You it must have impacted your your your. Thoughts you know on him
1: a little bit, right, Justin? I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I got a little wishy washy there to start. Um, <laughs> I, I started a question a little bit, but I mean, his responses ended up being, you know, kind of typical canned responses. And then um, with some of the questions that he did that were more football related, I felt like he had a better flow. He was just speaking from his mind there, not worrying too much. Um, so he. I got a little bit of buyback in there. My biggest concern and my biggest thought actually not really concern, was just thinking about how he was going to relate to our players. And I think the good thing about him and the fact that he wants to build this culture and that he's a hard ass, they keep saying, but a player's coach at the same time, which I'm not sure how that works out, (laughs) but I guess he holds guys responsible at the same time. Uh, I can see guys like, you know, Kelsey buying into that um, if he's still around, which it seems like he's going to be and Graham and slay. And if you're able to get guys like that to buy in, then the rest should be pretty easy. So I'm not overly concerned.
2: Well, and it's Look, interesting. Let's, let's not forget uh, I, I don't think Doug Peterson ever dazzled the media, and he won us a no. Super Bowl, So. <laughs> Uh, it just shows you how little these press conferences
1: really off. matter. Ice cream, exactly. I
0: mean, I'll never forget that video of him going to town on that water bottle. I, I still don't know. You got to buy that water bottle a uh, dinner first, Doug. I don't know what, I don't know what was going on there. You know, one uh, angle I, I saw that kind of as far as like finding that balance of being a hard ass and relating to the players because I think that is it's a fine line, right? Like you don't want to be so soft, but then also you want the players to listen. It's interesting. The, as far as the position coaches, the two old position coaches, the super, uh, like the older guys are, are Stoutland on the offensive line, their new defensive line coach. Those are the older guys. And it's kind of interesting because those are some of uh, our oldest players are on the O line and D line. I wonder if they kind of had that thought coming into it and then you know uh, Sirianni and a bunch of the uh, you know position coordinators and QB coaches, all those other guys are relatively young. I wonder if, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Any chance, Robbie, that was actually something they planned uh, coming into this?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I think the reason <laughs> Stoutland's still there is because he's a great coach. He's awesome. And, yeah. You know they don't want to lose him, and especially with guys like Mylata developing, uh, that continuity is important. So I don't think it had anything to do with that. And in fact, one of the things I'm really thrilled about, quite honestly, is the fact that it really appears they've let Sirianni uh, assemble his own staff with his own guys. They didn't force anyone on him. uh, We're a very young staff, uh, but I'm fine with that. If these guys are willing to work and, you know, cohesion, but amongst the coaching staff, in my opinion, is very, very important. So it's great to see that it, apparently Sirianni's been able to bring his own guys in there.
0: Now, Robbie, you were on the text chain saying that you could have walked up cold, no preparation, and had a better introduction press conference. Give us one line from the media. I'll 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 play the role of the reporter. Uh, Mr.
2: Donchez, Mr. Donchez, uh, what is your plan at the quarterback position? Look, my plan at the quarterback position is these guys are gonna compete. We're going to work hard. We're going to tailor an offense uh, to both of their strengths. And at the end of the day, we're going to go with whoever wins the competition. That's it. I'm not promising anything to anyone. That's what I would do. And I will say, I am happy that uh, Sirianni has said there's going to be competing at every position. I know he didn't directly address the quarterback position, but I think that's what we need. We need guys competing and earning the job. No one's jobs is safe. Well, that that's interesting because you're right. Competition.
0: He, he he's very selective because he keeps talking about competing and how competition is important, but he doesn't specifically say QB competition. He's kind of danced around it. Justin, maybe I'm theorizing too much, but do you think the fact that he keeps hyping up competition and competing and the fact that Carson Wentz hasn't said anything and
1: it has remained silent, are those related in your mind? I think they certainly can be. Um one thing that I did take away from this press conference is the fact that you know like Rob just pointed out he said he's going to be evaluating everybody which I really like to hear number one because it means he's not just giving the job to Carson who seems to have uh, become minier oh and minier with his silence that's been taking place. But the thing that that actually made me happy too is it it doesn't seem like he's as much of a puppet as I originally thought he was going to be for howie And Laurie, it seems like they're going to let him make his decisions. Originally, when he was hired, everybody kept saying, oh, they got him for Carson because uh, he's a disciple of Frank Reich. You know, he's going to be able to uh, work with Carson and bring him back to 2017 um, shape. But as this progresses, it seems like he really is going to have, you know, an open evaluation competition take place and really see who is going to be the best fit for this team. He talked about scheming to talent as well. And, and I know we'll get to it later. I mean, he brought on Brian Johnson, who apparently has a good relationship with Hertz to begin with. So yeah, no, I mean,
2: I I was just going to say, and another thing that I like about him that that we've heard is, you know, in Indianapolis, they had three different quarterbacks in three different years, and they had to tailor the offense to fit those guys' strengths. So I really like hearing him talk about, you got to fit. You you can't put the square peg in the round hole. You got to tail your offense to the strengths of your players.
0: Yeah. I mean, calling back to our buddy chip, that was the most frustrating thing about chip was that he was trying to run the same offense for Nick Foles as Michael Vick. Like he, he really didn't uh, adjust enough. And and chip was so precious with his scheme. I think that was really part of his downfall along with him being kind of a a shitty GM. You mentioned Brian Johnson, the QB coach. That's an interesting hire. You know, he's known Jalen hurts since he was four and they, and he tried to recruit hurts. And then people are saying like, oh, don't look into this, but how can you not? Um, you know, Brian Johnson, pretty nice pedigree coming in here. They also brought in Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator who was calling plays for the chargers last year, which not amazing, but I, I certainly think a lot of things went right for that offense and whatever his degree of helping out with the, uh, you know, with the quarterback there, that's got to be huge. Jonathan Gannon that defensive coordinator, he was a former Colt. uh, position coach and someone they brought in and, and a guy that was at least getting, you know, some other looks and then closing it out with their special teams coordinator, Michael clay. Uh, I think they got him from the 49ers. So, um, you know, I mean, really what, what thoughts do I have on the special teams coordinator? Hopefully they can explain how to make a 30 yard field goal. Uh, um, but really the Brian Johnson thing's pretty interesting to me and man, I know people, it's funny on the internet where like everyone's giving Carson Wentz shit for being silent. And then, you know, people like have to do the zag and they're like, wow, I can't believe Carson is getting all this shit just for not saying something. It's like, how how would he, how would he not get shit for this? I mean, he, a new coach comes to town, a guy, you know, Wentz prides himself on these welcome to Philadelphia tweets, nothing for coach Nick Sirianni and Nick Sirianni. If you really thought Wentz was going to be in there and be in the mix, wouldn't that have come up in these interviews where it's like, Hey, I talked to Carson and he did talk to Carson. We haven't gotten a ton of insight on it, but it's like, Hey, I talked to Carson. He's super excited to, to get back and fix what's what's wrong to me, it's almost like Carson Wentz doesn't realize how bad
2: he played in 2020. Rob is, is Wentz in denial. He's in denial. And, and you know, the, the key thing about this is yeah, you're right. Silence can be construed in, in many different ways, but Wentz Wentz could end the silence. He can clarify everything right now. (laughs) I mean, all I want to hear him say is I'm going to work my tail off this off season and I'm going to come back better than ever next year. Ready to go. That's all I want to hear. And, and and he's not done it, but you know who has done it? Jalen hurts just yesterday. We saw him give an interview and that's exactly what he said. I want to hear that from Carson too, that he's willing to put the work in. Nothing's going to be handed to him and that he's going to win the job. It, it, it's
0: insane. We haven't even heard from uh, Wentz that he wants to win the starting job back. That he wants to be the franchise quarterback from the Eagles. Justin, to me, it seems like Wentz doesn't want to be here. And I'm, I'm going. Uh, you know, I'm basing that off the fact that he hasn't said anything. Is that crazy to jump to that conclusion?
1: No, I don't think it is. Considering as you just pointed out, and Rob pointed out, it'd just be so simple for him to come out with a tweet. Just a quick comment, or even just a comment through Sirianni saying, like you said, right? um, I talked to Wentz. He wants to be here. He's ready to compete. He wants to be the starting QB. Even if he says that Carson says he wants to be the the starting QB, that's enough for everybody uh, to think that he's willing to compete in that situation, right? But he hasn't put it to bed, which makes you think that his only interest is getting out of Philly, which at this point... I mean does any Philly fan still want him here cuz he doesn't seem like he wants to be here
0: Yeah I mean he certainly hasn't made that clear and you know we've highlighted all the issues of, of the dead cap hit and what could they get back for Carson but you know breaking news that Jared golf trade how can that not have an impact on the, uh, on the potential Carson Wentz trade. Now, certainly it's, it's tough to compare because you know, the lions got golf and then all these picks and, and you know, we wouldn't be involving a player in the trade, but just seeing what the market was set for a slight upgrade uh, off of a uh, Stafford from golf and what, you know, what was all packaged around that. I, I think there is a very real world where Carson Wentz gets traded for a first round pick. It's just that simple. Now we're hearing about Jimmy G possibly on the move, Kirk Cousins on uh, possibly on the move. So I think I think this makes it very real, and and the fact that this big deal kind of came this early, I think for the Eagles is good as far as getting rid of Wentz. It sets the the value for a quarterback really high, even a flawed quarterback and uh, you know one that didn't have a great year. So I think it makes it. A much better trade market for Carson Wentz and you know listen we saw the Rams eat up what 22 million in dead cap for the Eagles you know the the Wentz deal will they'll eat up more but certainly i, I think it makes it a, a real possibility and i can't i i just think it has to have an impact on it Justin are you on the same page or is it doesn't matter
1: i think it might have a slight impact um only because you know Carson has played at such a high level in the past but he does have his injuries Um, the biggest concern though, right now is the fact that he's not a team player. So who wants to invest in that type of guy, right? He's not willing to put in the time and the effort and all he's done this past year, this past season is regress, 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 and not put in the time, even in the season to try and get better. So I don't know. I really don't know what the market is for a guy like that. Who had such a high ceiling three years ago now, and has, you know, well, and and, 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 now. and
0: with the trade though, I, I think all it really takes is one team to kind of fall in love with them, a coach, and you know, obviously, there's been tons of talk about the Colts and reuniting with Reich. Although now there's rumors that uh, maybe Andrew Luck is coming back out of retirement and looking to play with the Colts. It, it'll it'll certainly be interesting. It really just takes one, maybe two, to drive up the price to get that Wentz trade going. Rob. I mean, where are you at with this Wentz trade, and and kind of where the landscape is now?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think at the end of the day, Wentz is tradable if the Eagles want to trade him because uh, the undesirable part of the trade is on the Eagles' side. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to have to swallow all the dead cap. So if they're willing to do that, he becomes tradable. I don't think a first round pick is out of the question. Yeah, I do first think round. I, I do think a GM could convince themselves that they could fix. Wentz that, that Doug didn't know what he was doing, that the <laughs> offense was not tailored to Wentz and in the right system, he could flourish again. But I completely disagree with you guys that the Jared Goff trade helped Wentz's value. I mean, mm. let's, let's actually look at that trade. They traded Wentz for Stafford and gave up Goff for Stafford mm. uh, Goff for Stafford. I'm sorry. And gave up like two first-round picks and like two thirds, I think, or something, right? So, uh, really, Goff was almost a throw-in in in that trade. I mean, what value? What value did he really bring to that trade when you actually sit down and look at it? I don't think much. So, I, if I'm the Eagles, I don't really want to use that trade as a benchmark for what I'm getting for Wentz.
0: No, you're probably right because everyone talked about how it was basically two number ones for her Stafford or whatever. And then the extra one for them to take the golf contract on I, again, it's all, it's a little hard to match, I guess for me, uh, you're right. Maybe it doesn't help with the value, but I think it does help set the precedent of, uh, you know, just getting this deal done and not being embarrassed by eating all this dead cap and the fact yes, that they, they traded. The yeah. Right. That, that they don't look like complete assholes for trading the number 2 pick overall because the number 1 pick overall just got traded and I, I definitely think Howie, especially Howie and Laurie, look at the optics of these things. So the fact that the president was already set by golf being unloaded, uh, you know, kind of paves the way for Wentz being unloaded. I know it sounds crazy, but I do think there's something in their heads there that, like, well, we traded to get up for him number two overall, but now that the fact that the golf trade's already gone through, I, I think it makes it a little easier. Um, for them. I, I I don't know. I, I, I know what you're saying on the contract though, Robbie, because certainly the fact that they're setting the president of basically giving up draft capital to take a bad contract would hurt um, the Eagles case, but I don't know. I'd have to look at the numbers. I think the fact that they're eating up so much of that dead cap makes Wentz's contract on the other end a little
2: bit better, but um, I'm pretty sure. And I could be totally misremembering this, but I think when you looked at it, the actual dead cap space being eaten by both sides was relatively similar in that trade. Mm. In other words, the lions had to eat somewhere around 20 million for Stafford's contract. And the Rams had to eat somewhere around 20, some million uh, for Goff's contract. So I still just think at the end of the day, it didn't help us. And don't forget everyone knew Stafford wanted out. So they weren't going to keep him. So it's not like they had this big leverage. Like, well, we'll just keep him next year because they, everyone knew that wasn't a possibility. Well, and, and according to you know whatever the buzz online, there were multiple teams
0: interested in there, so I think that did help kind of drive up the price. But for me, I, I and maybe I'm overreacting, but I, I think it's just we're in a situation where we have to unload Wentz simply because okay, there is certainly a world where uh, you know even before they hired Sirianni, we were thinking, well let's see who they bring in as a coach. And maybe that new coach with a new system can connect with Wentz and get things straightened out and, you know, get this, get Wentz back to being, you know, where he was and, and make it salvageable for him to stay in Philadelphia. But even just early on now, and maybe I'm crazy, but I I think just even this first like week, week and a half since they hired Sirianni and Wentz being quiet, I, I think I just, in my head, I can't imagine a world where all of a sudden it clicks, him and Sirianni are on the same page. He's busting his ass and he's playing much better and and taking the Eagles into the playoffs. It's just the the formula of just, you know, cutting bait and going into Hurts just seems so much more realistic. Am I overreacting, Justin?
1: No, I don't think you are. I think you're you You kind of hit the nail on the head there. I think it's a decent idea. Um, I think we could unload him at some point, but we'll have to see. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's certainly
0: interesting. And the other thing is, when do we unload him? Do we unload him pre-draft, during the draft? When when is the perfect time to unload Carson Wentz? And now with Sirianni here, what do we do, Robbie? You texted, uh, you threw this out, Kyle Pitts at number six he's kind of in the latest guy that, uh, you know, some mock drafts are putting towards the Eagles. I'm against it. I mean, I, I like Kyle Pitts's game and certainly a playmaker, but I don't know. I mean, do we really need another tight end? I, I know it seems like we're all, you know, it's not official, but we're going to be moving on from Zach Ertz. I don't know. I just think we never really got the most out of Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I know there's always talk of like, Oh, they're going to run the 12 personnel. It's great. It just doesn't seem the league is like that. Like all the teams that are super successful run three receivers and a tight end. I, I, I don't know. I feel like you're almost spreading yourself too thin there. What's the case for Kyle Pitts? Where are you at with with
2: that, Robbie? Well, I, I mean, I threw it out because I saw it online. I wasn't yeah. advocating for it. Um I, Look, I don't know a ton about him. I, I've watched a couple stats. He looks like a stud. Um, I, it's just hard for me to sell that. Why that tight end is our biggest need at number six. And, and yeah, you know, number six is a little high for a tight end. In my opinion, if you were at 10 or something fine, would I be absolutely devastated if we took him at six? No, because I do think it could, could create some huge matchup problems with a coach that knows how to use it. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I just think, I just think we have better needs. You know, I, I really think they're going to have to, I know how he's going to have final say, but they're going to have to get input from Sirianni in this draft. And, and and we got to get an I- idea of what the identity of this team is. What's he looking to do on offense? What's he looking to do on defense? You know, we know previously linebackers were never uh, prioritized with the Eagles. Is that going to change with the new defensive coordinator? I mean, how he, how he has some work to do in terms of getting in sync with his coaches, um, in my opinion, so I, I, I'm not absolutely opposed to Pitts. I, I think it's a little high, but at the end of the day, if we took him, I do think he'd be a matchup nightmare in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm certainly in that headspace where, uh, yeah, I guess Devonta Smith right now, but I'm scared of the Eagles taking a receiver that high. It, uh, I, maybe I'm just gun shy. Justin, where are you at? Are you are you considering Pitts at all at number six? What would you
1: like them to do? I guess my thing would be is if their Intel is telling them that he can be a guy like Kittle or Kelsey, I think you go for it. I mean, you know, those guys are studs. They can make big plays. They get you out of pinches, especially on third down. Um, And basically a great tight end now is like a great receiver, right? Just a little bit bigger, especially if they could break tackles, you can have some great plays with them. Um, Do I think they should go for it? I'm, I'm in the same camp as Rob actually right now. It just really comes down to what's going to fit best for Sirianni. I wouldn't mind them looking into the secondary um, and just kind of getting that in line at the moment, but we'll see. I guess it just depends on what these guys are thinking right now with this team. They got a lot of options and it'll be interesting to see which way they go.
0: Yeah. um, I'm, I'm (sighs) Yeah, I always like I always like a lineman early because they feel like it's tougher to mess up. But I don't even know what we would do there. Closing things out, Super Bowl predictions, Super Bowl fifty five. We've been uh, going hardcore on sports gambling podcast, Just wrapped up, Jesus, four week or uh, four straight days of a Super Bowl podcast. Make sure you check those out. I gave out my final Super Bowl predictions. Chiefs thirty one. I almost said Patriots, but Bucks 21, I, I think it's going to be just below the under. And uh, I think the chiefs get it done. Robbie, where are you at with the super bowl?
2: You know, this game perplexes me quite honestly, I, I, when I saw that line come out at, I think it started at minus three. It's still around there. Some sites I've seen three and a half. It, it kind of blew me away. And, and, and I just, it seems like it sh- should be such an easy chiefs pick. I mean, that offense is just so hard to stop. Um, but it just seems like everyone's giving so much weight to the Tom Brady factor. And, and I just don't know if it's enough. I'm with you. I think the chiefs win it. I'll say like 34 to, yeah, you know, I'll say 34 to 21. I'm in the same range as you. I I just think the chiefs are hard to stop. I know it's at home, but there's less of a home field this year. Um, and as as experienced as Brady is, I just don't think it's enough to go toe to toe with that offense.
0: Yeah, I mean Tampa Bay, their path to victory. I think it's just that D line pushing around the Chiefs and taking advantage of it. Justin, where are you at? Are You making it a clean sweep? Are you going Chiefs? So you you think uh, there's some action on the dog there with the Bucks?
1: I gotta stick with Tom. I mean, how do you go against the goat? <laughs> I know he's supposed to ask you know, Nick Foles. Mahomes I know. is that, great. That's, that's awful amazing. from an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know. Uh, Everybody loves Mahomes. I completely get it. I completely understand it, but I mean, until you dethrone the king, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, so I I'm going to stick with Tom for this one. I think I'm even going to put some money on the money line. Oh, um, okay. Just to see what happens. Um <laughs> and go from there. Do I think KC can win it? Obviously, certainly. I think it's probably 50-50 at this point. Maybe even a little bit more towards KC, but uh I, I can't bet against Final Tom. final score predictions. Uh, thirty four, thirty one, Tampa Bay. Ooh, okay,
0: shootout and the over. All right, next podcast. Uh, maybe there'll be some more Eagles news to break down. Draft right around the corner. OTAs, which hopefully they'll be doing. So uh, stay tuned and make sure you subscribe to the Diehard Eagles Podcast wherever great podcasts are downloaded. For the Diehard Eagles Podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green for Robbie for Justin. Go birds. Go
1: birds. Birds.